What? No, that's the intro music. No, I know. Okay. I I hope that's not the real intro music, but I no no I'll put just no I'll put like real intro music into it later. But I just wanted to give you a you know a cue like professional yeah music yeah by someone professional right good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. My name is Heather, and I am here together with my husband, Benjamin. Thank you, thank you. I'm very excited to be here recording our very first podcast. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. So, uh, a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I am an automotive technician for about 20 years now, and uh, I am the owner of Shown. <laughs> Excuse me. I am the co-owner of Schoen Automotive in East Rochester, New York, and I'm really excited to uh, start talking about cars or whatever it is that uh, is related to them or gears. So um, I will just discuss my background when it comes to cars as well. Uh, I drive them. That's a pretty extensive background. Almost daily. <laughs> yes. Yes. So <clears throat> I am what we call in the industry your average consumer. Hey, you're halfway to being uh, being an expert. Oh, half. If that's all it takes, <laughs> maybe maybe we should rethink this. No, just kidding. Okay, so I guess I'd like to jump right in because we've already got some questions rolling in. Let's do it. All right. So, dear experts, just kidding. It didn't say that. So Tracy from Kailua, Hawaii, I has do. a. I do like the red green reference though. That was that was really good. Thanks. Thanks. Sorry, go ahead. So Tracy, she's from Hawaii. So um, not so Rochester. So jealous right mm -hmm. now. Very jealous. She's got a good question about tires. And <clears throat> the question is, does it matter if you have people sitting in your car when you try to put air in the tires? No, it does not. And here's why. You're not changing the volume of your tire when you put air in it. So the pressure never effectively changes. What it does affect though, is um, how much of the tire is contacting the road. So the more weight you put in a vehicle, the higher you want your pressure to be to affect uh, you know, better gas mileage, less friction, less heat buildup on your tires, that, that sort of thing. Oh, okay, I got a follow up question then. So does the outside air temperature make any difference to like putting air in the tires? Yes, it does. Uh, if you look on your tire, you'll, you'll always see a cold, what they call a cold rating. So it's the max pressure they want in the tire when it's cold. You're always supposed to check your tires um, at, at a cold rating. So if you've been driving your car around, you've obviously increased the temperature of the tire quite a bit. If you check your pressure, then you just want to factor in for your tire pressure adjustment. So if the cold rating is, say, 32 PSI and you've been driving around on it, seeing it at 36 is probably pretty normal. Okay. Did not know that. So, so between summer and winter, then? You're always going to... The, the, the pressure is going to change, um, obviously, when the temperature de decreases. So, yeah, you're going to notice uh, quite a lot of... Uh, a lot less air pressure in your tire in a winter month. So you do want to change them um, 
accordingly. You know, a lot of people like to put nitrogen in, in their tires. Really? Yeah, nitrogen is a, a gas that uh, is not affected by temperature changes. Oh. But of course, there's you know the tire the or excuse me the air that you're putting in your tires is going to be 80% nitrogen anyway. So I don't know if it's going to affect it dramatically. You mean 79%? Right, 70 of course. Sorry. I don't want to get my numbers wrong. Right, right. I'll right. I'll hear it all over the twitters. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, so that was good. That was a good first question. Thank you, Tracy. I hope you're having a rainy day over there. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Thanks, so, Tracy. <clears throat> we got another question here because it's starting to get nice outside. Thank goodness. In other places than where we live where it just rains all the time. But the question is, if we're washing your own car and, you know, you get your bucket out, you get your sponges out, and you get your, your... Don't forget your shammies. Yeah, your shammies. And and you need soap. So there's all kinds of really expensive, like, car wash soaps and all of that. Can you just grab the dish soap, <laughs> stick that in the bot in the... I mean, come on. I and mean, that's what people do, right? Uh, you can use dish soap only if your car fits in a dishwasher. Well, then why wouldn't you just put it in the dishwasher? <laughs> so using dish soap, like I said, you could use it. I would advise against it. Here's why. Car soap is specially formulated for your car's paint. So it's not very abrasive. It's not. It doesn't have a lot of um, chemicals, and it won't hurt the wax uh, protective coating on your paint. So that's exactly why you don't want to use things like detergent, especially like dry detergents. They're very abrasive. Oh, yeah. Um, and you could potentially scratch the paint on your car, but you know, dish soap—it's not abrasive, but it will—it will—it could strip the protective wax coating. Which is why they use it for the poor little oil spill birds. Oh yeah, like the Don commercial with the little oil duck, and he gets all clean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My car has oil and grease all over it. <laughs> Maybe. So I want it squeaky clean, but I guess I don't want to strip the, the paint off. Okay, that's a good point. Well, you probably won't strip the paint, but you're going to dull the finish. Dull the finish. It, yeah, it won't look very nice. And then the, yeah, or as nice. In a place like Rochester, you might get a little rust starting in that. Is that like why we want a finish to I be mean, nice? Well, it's you, you want it to look nice, I guess. It's, it's more it's a cosmetic pretty. thing, okay. yeah. Okay. All right, you are you are nailing these. Hey, hey, I like it. All right, all right, we got the last one here <clears throat> for today. Okay. And it's a doozy. Ooh, I like doozies. Yeah. Um. So, dear gear related, my car says that I don't ever need to change the oil in it, <laughs> but my mechanic tells me otherwise. Wait a minute. Wait a Who minute. do I believe? Wait a minute. Never? I mean, what kind of car do you drive? He doesn't <laughs> say. Um, okay. So, this is a controversial subject, believe it or not. I believe it. The, the industry hasn't really had a clear answer on this, at least to my standards, um, what, I, what I'd like to hear. Um, and the reason it's contra a controversy is because you're right. You go into your mechanic, and your mechanic says, no, change your oil every 3,000 miles. Well, 
Your owner's manual says something different. Say it says 4,500 or 5,000 miles. Um, who do you believe? Like, what should you do? Now, this is where you should start. Always read your owner's manual. Find out how long you can go. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Have you read your owner's manual? I knew you were going to ask <laughs> me that. And I was going to say, read your owner's manual. Don't be like Heather. <laughs> so, so you have no idea how far your car can go on, on an oil change? No. Okay. That's fine. Listen, a lot of, average consumer. Yeah, I know. And that's fine. A lot of people don't know. And this is why we need to talk about it. So that's where you need to start. Start in your owner's manual and find out how, how far um, is recommended. So let's say your car is recommended 4,500. Okay. And there's obviously some cars will have maintenance reminders on them. So when you get to your 4,500 miles, a little message will display on your dash or, or a little light will come Great. on and tell you, you know, you're supposed to change your oil. You get that fancy light. That's what I'm looking for. Then you go to your mechanic and your mechanic tells you, like, well, you went 1,500 miles over. You're supposed to get it changed at 3,000 miles. And you're like, well, what, what does this mean? Who do I believe? And that's a very good question. The other thing that you have to factor in here is your own driving habits. Because that manual that tells you 4,500 miles or, or how, however long it is for your car is based on what we call in the industry a normal service table. Now there's also severe service. Severe service is anything from towing, uh, high temperatures, extreme temperatures if you live in an arid climate or if you live uh, say in Alaska and it's really cold all the time. Short trips, if you take a lot of short trips, that's considered severe service and they, they want you to change your oil earlier. Now because we don't know everyone's driving habits, the typical idea was just to put a 3,000 mile oil change sticker in your window and that's how often you should do it. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. Okay. Let me tell you a little something. I have something right here in front of me um, that, I, that, that just kind of gives us a, a case study oh, for, okay. for uh, changing your oil. This is a 2007 Mini Cooper. Now the oil change interval in this car is 15,000 miles. Per the owner owner's manual. Per the owner's manual. The car is set up that way. It has a when you reset that oil change reminder in that car, it resets to fifteen thousand miles. One five thousand. One five thousand. All right. Fifteen thousand. I, I feel like that's a long time. Yeah. But that's what your owner's manual says, so you should definitely follow that right to the letter, right? Yeah. Okay. Here is what we that's call That's what you just <laughs> I know, but this is where it gets interesting. So this is a technical service bulletin. So that means it's issued by Mini Cooper. This information is coming from Mini Cooper, the manufacturer. Same guys who wrote the owner's manual, all right? All engines normally consume a certain amount of engine oil. This is necessary in order to properly lubricate the cylinder walls, pistons, piston rings, valves, and if applicable, the turbocharger. Turbocharger. Right. This one actually did have a turbocharger in it. Further down on this technical service bulletin, all mini engines can consume up to one quart of oil per 750 miles at any time. 750 miles. That's considered normal to consume one quart of oil. How many quarts goes in it? A mini Cooper's real small, so. 
4.4 quarts of oil is the capacity for the engine. I already see what you're doing here, and I'm sure everybody, so I'm everybody's at home. Yeah, doing the math. Um, so let me do it for you real quick. You're talking about carrying 20 quarts of oil in your car to last a 15,000-mile oil change. So you're just, like, ch putting it in there every however long? Yeah, so if you, want, if, you want to, if you want to use the manufacturer's recommended uh, oil change interval, you should probably carry 20 quarts of oil with you. You already don't have a whole lot of, like, passenger space in, <laughs> in that in the car. Mini Cooper, right. <laughs> yeah, make sure you spring for the Clubman, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to do the other math, this, this, is, this is funny. How far would you go? How many miles would you go until you've added the full capacity of that engine, which is effectively an oil change. So like just the 750 on the four point whatever, it's like 3,000 miles, it's right 3,000 miles, yeah. where, <laughs> where the industry has been having the uh, interval at for, for ages. So it's, it's an interesting case study because there are so many things to factor in when you're talking about when to change your oil. Does it matter like if you get the big super fancy oil that's a very good question because a lot of oil manufacturers are saying, well, if you use my oil, then you can go even further. Um, but what I would tell you is you definitely, definitely want to use the oil that is recommended by the manufacturer. Because if they're basing uh, a 5,000 mile oil change interval on a synthetic based oil and you're just putting regular oil in it, then you're potentially risking engine damage. Eee. Yeah, which you don't want. No. All right. Well, good job. I'd say you answered all of these very successfully. I'm going to have to get tougher next time. Oh, I think. you want to bring me some tougher ones? Yeah, yeah. We can definitely do that. I think that would be uh, fun for me. <laughs> Watch <laughs> it squirm a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any more questions at this time. So hopefully all of you people out there in podcast land have been furiously scribbling down some questions to send to us on our, we got Facebook, we got Twitter. Yeah, hit us up on the Twitter. It's probably the best way to get your, you get your questions on the podcast. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Shown Auto. So hit me up with some questions. Love to get them on the podcast. And generally anything you guys want to hear on the podcast, let us know what you want to hear and that's what we'll talk about. Occasionally, we will go off the topic of cars well as long as it's gear related right right <laughs> hopefully we uh will start to have some special guests and get a little bit of competition here for you sure that'd be little, great little different viewpoints so um i think that's gonna do it for our very first episode thank you so much to everybody out there for joining us and we look forward to doing this again 